Fresh off the plane from uh, from the Turks and Caicos, and back to see my buddies uh, Lester and Stoff and Puffy here on the Rubber Boots Pro- podcast, brought to you by our friends at BetSafe.net. I want to say right off the top, uh, it was another revealing week for the popularity of the Rubber Boots podcast, brought to you by BetSafe.net uh, on Turks and Caicos. You're basically in another corner of the planet, only a three and a half hour flight from Toronto. First of all, I arrive and I check into my uh, my suite at the luxurious Weimara. There's a uh, a bottle, a box on the table, uh, a box of champagne. It comes in a fancy box, and uh, by the that's a whole other side story. I I realized later you could slide the box up to remove the champagne, but instead I broke it in half and then realized it was a souvenir <laughs> box. Uh, and in, there was a note, a note that came uh, accompanied with the champagne that said, "We promise there will be no uh, squirrels in your in your in your roof here at the Weimaras." <laughs> Very Ooh. nice. That came Dang. from uh, uh, Sean O'Neill, who was my real estate agent, uh, one of the top real estate agents uh, in the Turks and Caicos. He sells all the Weimara places. If you're looking for you're looking for a luxury condo or villa. Uh, you got to go to sh- my buddy Sean O'Neill. He's a Irish, Irish. He's got a nice Irish accent. He's a rugger, rugby player. He's a fine gentleman, and uh, so he listens to the pod all the time. And uh, was concerned about my squirrel, so had a bottle of champagne waiting for me when I arrived at Waimara. Next day, on the beach with uh, my lovely Brooksy, who accompanied me on this trip, walking down the beach, past some guy, and. You know, I got like my ball cap on backwards like Puffy today, my sunglasses on, looking like a bum, and all I hear is, rubber boots! <laughs> and, I, and I like turn around and I'm like, hey! And then the next thing he says is, hello, hello, nice. hello! <laughs> so, Man. clearly that missing Lester. International hit. The piece de resistance. Uh, we are at the airport yesterday uh, in Providenciale, uh, flying back to uh, Turks and Caicos. And apparently Jimmy, uh, his boarding pass or something, fell out of his knapsack at security or something. Shocking. Stuff that Jimmy would do. And so, uh, Brooksy is in the uh, liquor store buying rum. Shocking. <laughs> and uh, Jimmy's just somewhere elsewhere in the airport. And all of a sudden, uh, my name gets paged. You know, Jim's duty to the security. And I don't know why I sounded French there. But uh, so I head off to security. But Brooksy was right in the front of the line at uh, buying her booze. And the, the couple behind her said, 
Oh, James Duffy's here in the airport. And Brooksy, proud wife that she is, says, oh, that's my husband. And the people go, you're Brooksy? <laughs> nice! That's nice. awesome. <laughs> so uh, 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 a shout out to uh, Stephanie Hackett, who uh, has been a longtime listener. I think Steph, uh, Steph Nine, I think is, uh, you might yes. recognize that. She writes us Steph Nine. On Instagram, Nine. yep. Yeah, she writes us on Instagram a lot. And uh, Steph has actually uh, written me from way back when, uh, back in the days, even when I was writing columns for TSN.ca, always wrote me nice notes. And she lives out in BC with her husband. And uh, they came all the way to Turks and Caicos because of the way we spoke about it on the podcast. So once again, proving that we are the greatest ambassadors for the Turks and Caicos on the entire planet. Yes. So there you go. Uh, those I missed you guys having you guys down there this week, but we missed it too. The Rubber Podcast Nation was with us uh, throughout our, our our little trip down there. Prophylactic um, Nation, you mean? Mm-hmm. Prophylactic Nation Prophylactic. was there. Uh, what else? All, all sorts of podcast characters were down there. Uh, Michael Flaherty, my good friend. Uh, Mike's the one. Remember who mixed up Dave Chappelle with yes. Dave Coulier? <laughs> Honest mistake. Uh, he was down. Dave is building, uh, sorry, Dave. Uh, Mike is building a new villa. Ooh. Uh, and it is. We went out on a little boat ride to look at it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to really suck up to Mike a lot to maybe uh, <laughs> get, the get, his, get his villa for a future trip. Because I think it's yes, like. That'd be nice. It looks like 8,000 square feet or something Whoa. like that. So Mike, Mikey's got a villa. That's nice. uh, Stephen Ames, uh, also a, a guest on. You guys all met Stephen when we were down. The last time. Nice guy, man. Nice guy. I really enjoyed that night. Steven and his lovely wife, Kelly, uh, came by the came by and uh, hung out with us and drank all our booze. <laughs> and um, so we went out for dinner. We had a big, uh, raucous night at the at the Weimara uh, Fish Fry. Uh, shout out to, uh, we have this Australian chef now, Chef Andrew. So Amesy came by and uh, Kelly... And Kelly's friend Emily, who was visiting from Vancouver. Oh, nice. Uh, which which brings me to the next story. <laughs> We're sitting at dinner on the beach at the beach at Weimar, having our having our fish. And uh, Emily say, <laughs> says, "I know you." Uh-oh. And I'm like, "Oh." And she goes, I'm "Pretty sure we hung out at the Roxy." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. Emily, ex nay on the oxy ray with oxy brooksy ray here. You're like Roxy. I do not know this place. You not, I'm of. not aware of that. Aware of that, Brooksy? Like, what establishment is that? No, no. Uh, Emily thinks maybe Puffy during like the eleven cup final or something. We might have. We might have. We might have, we might have, have met, her, met her at the Roxy or something. Oh yeah, we yes. were all there. Everybody was at the Roxy. Remember when? Uh, Remember Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner of the NHL? We had a fun night. Just just pounding him back. (laughs) Uh, Boys, boy, Billy Daly. Uh, So, uh, yeah, so then we played golf with Ames the next day. Nice. And uh, so here's what happens. First hole, uh, two Jimmy par, Ames par. Whoa. Boom. Second hole. You should have quit there. Scrambly bogey for Jimmy. Yeah. From the the far fairway. Miss birdie putt for Ames. Par. So, par, third hole, par five against the win. Jimmy Birdie aims par. Whoa. Suddenly, after three, Jimmy par, aimsy par. It is on World Match Play Championship. 
Aim shot 65, I shot 81. He beat me by 60 oh. strokes. <laughs> but was there was there strokes. any part of you that was starting to get excited that you might be able to beat him heads up? I, I thought for a moment, no, here's what I was thinking in my head. I like I was never thinking when, but I was thinking if Aim you know, has an off day and shoots 74, and Jimmy was on fire and shoots 76, then for the rest of my life, I'm like, I was within two strokes of Stephen Ames. And then he beat me by 16 strokes. Is, is that the is that the best round of golf you've played with? Well, no, I was I was actually really good. I was like no, no, not you. No, the best golfer I've ever played yeah, like, with. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, you've never played with someone who and watched them shoot that low, right? No, I mean I play O Dog uh, the day before our horrendous match uh, incident against Jerry D and Kyle Dubas. Mm-hmm. I believe O-Dog might have shot 69 or something in our practice round. And I shot 75, like one of the best rounds I've had. And then we both uh, pooped the bed the next day. That, that one but, also came apart on the back nine. Yes. I think you've also, got an area you got to work on, Jimmy. <laughs> yes. Ollie Schneider, Jens, I played in a scramble with him. And if he was playing his own ball, he probably would have shot about that. But the, the ridiculous ease of which Aim shot 65 is what was ter- horrifying to me. Yeah. He was never, ever, and this is not, he pl- and also he, I should say he played off the backs, we played off the blues. Okay. So we were mostly just 10 yards difference, most of the holes. Yeah. <laughs> he was giving me a hard time, which actually made me feel good because I was hitting it pretty far. Like I was by him on a couple, even though he's off the back tee. So he's like, you're hitting off the wrong tee box, which made me feel good. That, like that, sh- he thinks I should be. Yeah. Nice. And then, then I uh, was. We were playing a six-six-six match against uh, two other buddies, uh-huh. and uh, I was with Ames in the last six holes. And I, uh, yeah, I hit. Uh, I hit it on the wa- in the water on uh-huh. uh, seventeen. Then topped my drive on eighteen, and he. Yeah, I embarrassed myself with him, and we lost. We lost our match. <laughs> That's I beat him once, though. I did beat him once. That's so good. I, I'm just going to remember it as I beat Stephen Ames. End of story. That's how we're all. Uh, man, we got. How's everybody? Did you guys miss me? Did anything big happen while I was gone that we need to talk about? Any big changes in any of your lives? Uh, well, I, I had COVID. Yes, right. Was that, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I Puff, had the COVID, so I've, Puffy I've missed uh, missed Trade Center. Did you watch all of Trade Center from start to finish? I probably saw maybe fifteen minutes of it. <laughs> Why weren't you watching faithfully? Because I was sick. I was. I was in a. I was. Uh, I was basically sleeping most of the okay, day. Okay, so Lester, you have not had COVID, right? I have not had COVID. Stoff, you have not had COVID. I think I had it right at the beginning. Okay. You if you guys you remember, I was sick for like two weeks. But back then, doctors said, you didn't go to China, you don't have COVID. So Yeah, right, right. It I don't believe I've had COVID. Biggest test, yeah. So, Puffy, take us through the highs and lows of your COVID experience. Well, it, it's it's weird because, like, I mean, I don't know. Since COVID started, I've probably taken about 40 tests. And, you know, everyone's been negative. So... When you, when you, when, like, I started feeling not great on the Saturday, um, and then, so that Saturday night, um, we were, we were at our cottage with another family, and then the Saturday night, um, I got back, and I was not feeling good, so I took when a test. When you say you weren't feeling good, what were your symptoms, if I may ask? I had, um, mostly it was, like, I was starting to get, like, a bit of body ache and chills in my throat. My throat was the, the worst one. I started getting a sore throat. And then, so I took a test, and then it was like positive, and um, and so then I was like, I basically had to barricade myself in in a be- in the guest bedroom, and and uh, and then this this this, this Sunday, my, my the main symptoms I had was 
really bad sore throat, and I was tired. Like, like exhausted tired? Like you yeah, can't just move like, off the couch? Just like I could sleep 10 hours, wake up for an hour, and then nap for two hours. Like, just like that. Wow. But not like... But not like shaking in your bed, oh, I'm dying, like, no, like that? No, there was never a point that I felt like at all... But you're you're vaxxed, right? D- yeah, like I'm double, yeah, whatever, yeah, boosted. You're double plus one. You're triple. Well, no, because I remember I I got the I'm on my one year anniversary of my uh, Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> you got the J and J. Oh, so so you are not you know you only had two doses of vaccine. Yeah, I got the right? Johnson and Johnson, and then I got the booster. So which makes yeah supposed to count for three, three, but yeah, that yeah. W- we all we all realized that Johnson Johnson was a joke though. It really wasn't. Didn't they take that off the market after because it ca- causes COVID? Yeah, but I think about four yeah. days after I got it. I remember like, you were at the Masters when you got it, and you were taunting you were taunting me with how yeah. you had the oh, yeah. We were quite confident and cocky in our uh, newly vaxxed sure. bodies. And yet one year later, who is pure and clean? That's the three true, of us absolutely. and you. But I have to admit You're, now, like having had it, it's it's uh, it's nice to have it sort of behind you because now I feel like I got a little oh, bit of a window here. So you feel like you have super immune. <laughs> yeah. Do we feel like does that does the COVID the the people have had COVID the COVID community do they feel superior to the non-COVIDers like us? Yeah, I think there's it's been a switch where at first it was sort of like you you, you didn't want to have it. Now we're more the superior people. I don't get that sense. I, at I all. wouldn't I say so. There's also a lot of people who have like the lasting symptoms. I wouldn't Long say hours. they feel superior. That's well, I mean, those people worse. for sure. They've had some, there's been some people with some issues, but but us who just rode through it quite easily, we feel good. <laughs> oh my god! I I, th- I think getting it after you got vaccinated because it's such a lower toll. That's probably a good thing. Like, yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Thing, so. Although it does make I was curious. Like, I wonder what would have happened if I hadn't been vaccinated. Well, it's good that you don't have to find out. I guess exactly. But it'd be nice yeah. to be able to be able to know. <laughs> like just well, you're so, never gonna be able to so <laughs> when the next disease comes out don't get the shot yeah that's no a, but i, I want that... i don't want to risk i don't want to take the risk but i want to be able to have the knowledge once again it's it, you always try to throw a hypothetical in here if i didn't get vaxxed yeah. would i still be like how much strong how much yeah would i have been able to ride it out or would i have been in trouble uh i as having seen your conditioning I don't think you 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 would have had a hard time, young man. You'd still be struggling. I thought you were going the opposite there, brother. Yeah, I thought you were going to say you wouldn't have made it. You would never have made it. <laughs> right now, we planning your funeral, son. <laughs> well, that's what I was that's what I was implying, but then I decided that would be too uh, too negatory a, a tune. Uh, we're glad you're okay. I missed you on trade deadline. Uh, the lovely Megan filled in for you and did a wonderful job, she but. Does. Uh, you know, Puffy's always, uh, you know, comes to me during the commercial breaks and uh, Pump your you know, tells, gives me a little piece of information about a trade. And then he'll say, he usually very sarcastically says, you're really killing it today. <laughs> that's, that's what he does every commercial break. Show is awesome. Yeah. Uh, trade deadline. Boy, it feels forever ago now. Uh, what happened in trade deadline? Uh, it was okay. You know, for it wasn't the disaster that I think. I thought there was enough trades that kept it going. We had a little Coach Cal in there. I got to say, okay, seven-year-old kid, if you miss trade deadline, Coach Cal is like the motivational speaker. He's been on Ellen. And uh, we probably played it too much. That's what TSN does. We, we get something good that happens, and then we play it 58 times till everybody's sick of it. But uh, I can't tell you how sweet this kid was. You only saw him on TV, you know, yelling, doing his thing at the camera. Yeah. That was awesome, though. He was... 
I don't know if you caught the second time. I guess he came in and, and uh, did a motivate motivational thing for Jeff O'Neill. I didn't see that and, one. Was it good? And then then when he finished, you know, so he's like, "Come on, oh dog, you played in the NHL. You were a star once. You can be a star again." That kind of thing. <laughs> but when he fit when he finishes, we're like, "Coach Cal, okay, thanks so much for being here. Uh, you know, you got to get back to grade two. And and he becomes the seven year old again. He's like. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Which is uh, like, you know, the, the kid was so sweet. You know, and he came up and he took a picture with us and, and he was a normal seven-year-old again. But then there was no, you know, teleprompter or anything, right? This kid, like this kid wrote this speech and then just goes out and does, delivers it live on TV. He wrote it? So he, he wrote that himself? Well, I think that maybe Jeff Mott, our producer, gave him some ideas. You know, like, oh. hey, Je- Jeff's a 40-goal scorer in the NHL. And uh, and he kind of pieced uh, it together from that. Yeah, wrote wrote out some of the lines nice. I think for him probably, and then he and he put it together, or maybe with the help of his mom and dad. I don't know what goes mm-hmm. on in Coach Cal's world. You know, he's got an entourage, but he like memorizes it, I guess, and then just goes out and does it without like any hesitation. Which I think think of myself when I was seven. Imagine like the intimidation no as a, to go into no a TV chance, studio yeah. with all these lights and all these. Adults with suits and telling you what to do, and then boom, you nail it. Hey, Lester, that's crazy. It's crazy. Could you could you have performed in front of a crowd at seven, Lester? No, no, not like that. No, I, I don't think I mean, so. I mean, look, if I had the right coaching and I was doing it for a while, I, I, I'm curious to find out from his his parents how long they've been working with him at, on this. You know, has this been a two year process? Because you know, like anything, you get confident. You know, it's like riding a bike. Once the kid starts riding the bike, the train wheels comes off. They know what to do. That's it, right? So. There's not anything different. The key part you said there is confidence because I think with most kids, they're so shy at first, even like when you introduce them to someone new or whatnot, like that's usually the case. And so he probably just yep. did this in front of people once and just gained the confidence from there. And I'm sure his parents supported yep. him. But it was awesome. It, my, my only concern for Cal is if he keeps this routine up, he's going to need Tommy John by the time he's 10. <laughs> the way he's firing that arm. Oh, brother. Yeah. Some, well, he does have. Sick. I will say this. Look, he, he has an agent, as and he uh, so as he should, and milk this for as much oh, yeah. as it can. It's you know, it's it's like the I didn't do it kid on Simpsons with Dark with Bart, right? It, it's basically that, and it's going to run out. And they were all, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll call out uh, two people uh, made sort of derogatory comments about Coach Cal, uh, and they were Ken Campbell and Steve Simmons. Oh wow, and. Uh, Here's what I have to say to them. You can criticize TSN for, like I said, running it too much. Maybe we replayed it six times or whatever. So maybe you were tired of it. But to take a shot at a seven-year-old kid and say, I'm sick of Coach Cal or whatever. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. Seriously. I know know both of their jobs. And, you know, I respect a lot of what Steve does. Both of their jobs is to be controversial and such. But come on, a seven-year-old kid. So what's the purpose? That Cal sees that online? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, like, I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Okay. I can understand if you're if you're like I said, you're sick of it, or his 15 minutes is up, or whatever you want to say that that's fine. But remember, the kid's a seven seven year old kid, and uh, hopefully he's not on Twitter looking at what those guys are saying. If so, I if I could uh, say one thing about the one more thing about uh, about Tracer, and look, I'm not obviously we all work for the company, but uh, you know, having been involved with the show myself, I watched a lot of it this week this this year, and I and I honestly top to bottom, I thought it was an outstanding broadcast. Like I just think. 
all of the elements that we had, whether, I mean, yeah, I'm involved with the treaty bunch too. And thank you again uh, for, for getting me involved with that, that Jimmy, that was a lot of fun. But I mean, I thought, uh, I thought uh, just a lot of different segments worked really well. I love Gino and, uh, and MJ going at it. I mean, I thought that segment was awesome. And, and you know, the whole lacrosse thing was great. And I must say, uh, I thought Cheryl Pounder uh, was awesome in that moment with her. And, um, oh my God, why? Angela, Angela James. James. I thought that was outstanding. Yeah. Um, Cheryl's a star. Cheryl's a star. Mm -hmm. Um, No, thank you, Lester. And you wrote us a nice note. There's a million things that go into that show. And uh, I don't think people have any idea the amount of work that people put in, like the producers and Ben Zagelstein, the director and such. But uh, like I said, all things considered for what it is, we we know it's ridiculous to do a nine-hour TV show about a bunch of mostly minor trades although there were some decent ones on that day but it was fun and we had we had fun doing it and i i agree with you i think it went pretty well all things considered for uh, for what it was there's some shows and puffy's in the studio where when the show ends puffy and i look at each other and go but no we're good so what else has happened well like this you know there are some weeks we come on here and there's uh, nothing to talk about and like the world's been Let's like three big things in the last like 72 hours. We're taping on Tuesday. You probably won't see this till Thursday, Friday. It'll be old news. Uh, you know, uh, Will Smith punches or slaps whatever Chris Rock. Uh, well, I don't want to do too much on that because everybody's done it and there's 8 million memes and everything. I, I will say we were on our little chat because I was down in Turks watching it live. I did. My first reaction was that it was set up, right? Did you guys all, we just for the first. Never thought that. I thought right from the start that it was real. The way the way Will Smith reacted, like even though my camera, my like North America, we were muted. What he was saying, you could see okay. from his face how he was legitimately upset, and you could like I mean, it was easy to read his lips. But that was that was after the slap, though. After though, that yeah, after by that time I sort of figured it out. Just the moment of the slap. I, I guess I, I sort of was on my phone and I just had it on the background. And then I kind of was like, what happened? And then and then I the first thing I saw was Will Smith's reaction, yelling at him. Yelling at him. And yeah, then I rewound sort of- it and I watched a slap and then Tanya was like, that was fake. And I was like, no, there's no chance. He hit him way too hard. The thing that made it odd was that initially Will was laughing at the joke. Yeah, right. So that was his. And then we never saw we never saw his angry face. They stopped until it was from, he went from to him laughing till him to him walking on stage. That's what made me well, think. Well, that's why like Chris Rock. I think his initial reaction was, "Uh oh, uh oh, here he comes!" Yeah, like and then yeah. boom. Yeah, um, yeah, that was awful. Uh, anyway, it was uh, I, I, yeah, I. It was. Uh, it was a sad emotional reaction. I'm glad that he came out yesterday with a formal apology and actually apologized to Chris, who he, you know, uh, when he went up there and did his acceptance speech and sort of tried to, you know, explain his side of things while he was weeping uncontrollably. Um, it wasn't a great look. He didn't mention Chris at all. It just kind of looked like he was trying to make an excuse. So I, I'm glad he owned it. Uh, at the end of the day, it's just an example of how, you know, you can't react that way. you got to be in control of your emotions. And I think the irony of it is that in the end, and this is a guy I've been a fan of who I respected, that that one moment that of, you know, just not being able to control himself, it actually cost him the moment that he was working up towards into his entire life, which is winning that award. Insane. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's very yeah. unfortunate from all sides, but, you know. Just can't 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 act that way. 
here's all I would say. Um, you know, Will Smith will probably recover from it, but he'll always be known for it for whatever. He'll still get movies and everything. If I were Chris Rock, because Chris Rock, by all accounts, has said nothing and left the Oscars, apparently. Like, Will Smith went to all the parties and was dancing and everything. Yeah. Chris, Chris Rock left. If I was Chris Rock, do not do any interviews. Do not do Oprah or nothing. Just lay low, write a kick-ass stand-up routine, and go on tour Without you having said anything about it. Well, he, his, his ticket sales went through the roof oh, for his well that, tour coming up. Well, I, oh, so he is going on tour anyway. Yeah, he's so going on tour, yeah. Don't say a word before the tour and just let your yeah. let your stuff do it and it would be spectacular. Never mind the, the tour. Just get in the ring. Get in the ring <laughs> no. with one of the Logan Pauls or something. Because, dude, this, like, this guy's like Jose Bautista the way he can take a punch. Well, look. <laughs> like, he I stood mean, there I, like it was nothing. I, 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 you know, I don't think enough has been said about how Chris Rock handled it. I thought he was what a pro, unbelievably professional yeah. yes. in that moment. And uh, look, I'm, I, I, I was coming back from Buffalo. Elton Ron was in Buffalo on on Sunday night, and I got a text from my girl about this. And I deliberately didn't watch it till I got home. Um, I, I can't tell you how upset I am about this. And um, look. I understand people have moments and whatnot, but that is just unacceptable what he did. It's inexcusable. And I think not only by his own hand did he ruin what should have been the greatest moment of his professional life, he ruined uh, a great night for a lot of people, a lot of people of color in particular. And that's why it saddens me as much as it does. I, I still don't, honestly, I've seen all the memes. I still don't have a sense of humor about it. I'm sure I will eventually, but for now, I'm just, you know, I'm very sad. I'm very sad and very well, upset about it. Yeah. Um, what was the award? The Rock was about to hand out best documentary or something yeah. like that. Like who, Love you know, so, again, somebody's moment of their life. Yeah, because and, uh, it, because he couldn't control himself. And and honestly, I'll say this as well. I think that he was laughing, and I think because his wife wasn't, he felt he had to do something. That's right. what I think. You know, there's also weird, weird stuff going on in that relationship. Exactly. Right? Like the, like, well, so. The whole relationship's been weird. There's been a lot of that stuff. The only thing I'll say with him laughing, that could also be him kind of the fake celebrity thing. where When so, when they say the joke up there, they laugh, at, they laugh automatically because they know a camera could be on them. So they don't want to seem like they don't get it or whatnot. So I really think he might have been doing that and then he looked over at her. Now, I get that, you know, this is something she's dealing with, the hair loss or whatnot. Chris Rock doesn't know that, so he's, you know, I, I don't think he's guilty of anything there. I understand that could upset Will and stuff like that, but there's just, there's a better way to handle that. You can put pull Chris aside afterwards and say, hey, listen, you know, my wife has this condition. There's just so many better ways to handle it. And what he did wasn't brave. It wasn't tough at all. You, you went up there no. and smacked the guy who's way smaller than you. Like, let, let's say this. Let's put a different Rock up there. Take Chris down and you put, put uh, the Rock up Johnson there. up there. Yeah. Does that happen? I don't think he's marching up there like that. Wanda Sykes? Well, if he might, yeah, I, but he'll be oh, it's gonna end beaten down. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking of this, like so if I made a bad joke about O Dog on trade deadline and he smacked me, yeah. would I how would I how would I be able to handle it? Because you are, you know, as a host or presenter, your first thing you're thinking about is the show. But if somebody came up and just smacked me across the face, yeah, that's like so. To have the poise in that moment that the Rock had is is, is impressive because I'm not sure what I do. I think I'd probably try to throw to commercial or something. I probably yeah. would have left the stage. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you see the video? You know, the somebody was filming from a, a cell phone or whatever up during the commercial break. Yeah. When you can see a Will, you know, Denzel comes up to Will and apparently says 
that kind of cool thing about the devil gets you when you're at your moment of greatest glory or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then Brad, Bradley Cooper talks to him for like a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, apparently it's Bradley Cooper. I couldn't tell from behind, but I heard later it was Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he must have not said anything because, like, Denzel talked to him for ten seconds, and Will comes up on stage and talks about Bradley Cooper. Like, lectured him for a minute, and Will was wiping away the tears. But he must have not had anything inspirational to say because Will didn't mention him up there. I think Will mentioned the devil thing because it suited what he was trying to do at that moment. I don't think Will even fully understood what that meant. I think he was trying to put... Because his whole acceptance speech was about how his family are victims of abuse. Right, and, right. You know, so. It's a lot. It's a, You know, he's trying to compare himself to Richard Williams and all they've been through. And it's a lot for people to take when you've had the life that they have had. And yes, I'm, it's not easy being a Hollywood star. We we know all that. But I tried. It's, it. a, it's, a little, it's a little bit... Whenever, and that's, this is not the first time that someone in Hollywood has tried to compare themselves to the oppressed in some way, and it's just never a good idea. No, right? it's just, not at all. Wasn't it's it, not, it's it not was, a good wasn't idea. Wasn't it Kim Kardashian that basically said, don't, don't work your ass off or something like that two weeks ago, and she got lambasted? You know, yeah. again, and look, I understand. No, no, what she, she, was she tra- said, "Get off your, get off your ass and work." And that's yes, what exactly. Are angry about. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I'm like, well, you know, should I? Anyway. People are probably sick of this thing. Uh, um, what else? What else? Oh, so, so that's followed the the next day by Canada qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, well, same all, day. all of us. Oh, that was earlier in the day. Oh, that was before the Oscars. I got confused. So I was watching that from my from my room in Turks and Caicos on the Caribbean feed. The Caribbean feed, which was interesting to watch, like a neutral. A neutral feed of it because all they did was basically praise uh I, I don't know if the guy was jamaican or what it was some like flow sports which is the caribbean network i don't know who the guy doing the commentary but he was uh very complimentary to canada the entire really? time so i actually i actually enjoyed it yeah um and uh, what a moment though we're going to qatar i can't but never thought i'd see it in my in my you're, in, you're going in to my qatar. little lifetime <laughs> okay well uh, yeah well the pod maybe the pod look at tsn has the world cup i think we're going to be yeah. all in so we live be. live podcasts every day from Qatar? Not every day, James. What are we gonna like we <laughs> no, no, one just, one podcast we one, go there for three weeks, one podcast. No, one podcast a week. Right. Non game day. Yeah. It, it's great news. <laughs> it's great news for the country, it's great news for the network. Uh we we talked about it a few weeks ago on the pod and you know, it at that point uh, we we already feel felt like it was gonna happen. And for them to go down to Costa Rica and, and not qualify there and but be able to bring it home and do it in Toronto. Beautiful, you know. Yeah. So as this day, this will be once this airs, like the pots will be out. I'm like diving. I'm just nonstop research on soccer this week because I'm hosting the draft show on on Friday, and so it looks like they might end up in pot four, Puffy, which doesn't make any sense to me. They should be in pot three, but because of that loss to Costa Rica, they yeah. might end up in pot four. It depending depends on, on your rankings, I believe. It depends yeah. on some uh, like some games that are happening today in the African part portion of things with mm. Egypt. They belong in pot three, right? They, that, that's that's where they belong. At least, at least, they're, I think they're yeah. a strong pot three team. To be honest with no you, no one. It is true that no one's going to want to play them. That, I'm, I shouldn't say that. Like Brazil is not going to go. Ooh, Canada, but you don't want Canada as the the pot four. And sorry, we're probably talking uh, for people who don't know soccer. Thirty two teams in the World Cup. Uh, four pots of eight teams based on rankings, yeah. and one from each pot goes into the eight groups. So, 
you'd want Canada to be in pot three, so they would ostensibly be the the third best team in the group and have one weak game, and then they'd have to pull off one upset to get out. Yeah. Does that I explain that fairly? When you're yeah. in pot four, you could have potentially three stronger teams and have the right. Is that a yeah, whatever? Did I explain that if, well? if Canada's pot four, they'll be the group of death. Yes, yeah, exactly. That was literally what I was about to say. If you if you have a strong team in pot four. That's very likely to become the group of death. Yeah, that, that'll be unless I guess unless, unless the, we, uh, the t- three teams weak, then you know. But they'll be the they'll be the strongest team in pot four. I think pretty much pretty much you pretty much guarantee that. So anyway, we'll find that out on uh, Friday. Friday, we'll find out exactly. There's three teams, by the way, you won't know about uh, on Friday. They only have 29 actual countries in there. Three still to be determined because. There's there's a playoffs between the fourth place Concacaf and and Oceanic, which I think is New Zealand. Probably New Zealand. They're playing and I think, Central America versus Africa. Mm-hmm. The fourth yeah. place teams there or whatever, and not fourth, whatever, whatever the the extra one is. And then Ukraine has to play Scotland. Yeah. And and another the game. winner plays Wales. And the winner plays Wales. Yeah. And that was because of the war that they gave. So those three, those three spots will be empty. Look, I was a little bit uh, too much technical World Cup talk. No, that's good, man. That's podcast. good. And uh, most pressing news that's happened in the last uh, just few hours is, uh, and I love the way the world is right now, that uh, some geeky guys with uh, plane radar and stuff have tracked Tiger Woods' plane flying and landing at Augusta National Ooh. Airport. Puffy and I are headed to Augusta on Saturday, as will, of course, Stoff and Lester will be coming too for the first ever uh, live live podcast at Augusta that they'll be joining us for. And uh, I can't, but like, I, I, I'm not gonna sue you and say like I told you so because I didn't, but the whole time when he was doing those like Jim Nance interviews, Tiger does have a way of like playing down things. Yes, and 100%. if he is playing, and there's no guarantee, like he might walk Augusta a couple of times this week and figure out he can't do it, possible, but I the whole time he was saying I'm ways away, ways away, and then everybody kind of bought it and said there's no way Tiger's playing Augusta. Back in my mind, I'm going I I have he loves the grand entrance. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. As soon as I saw him playing with Charlie at the Hero, I'm like this guy's playing Augusta. Right. You could tell his game was his. his, his, He had the time. His game was going to be sharp. It's all the walking though. It's not the game. It's just it's the walking in the hills and all that. Four days. Nothing can stop this man. He is going to win the green jacket again. Puffy, can't you just throw him on your back and carry him? I will. If you see me, I would. I would carry him like this. What did you say again? What do you saw him? You got this tiger. Is that what you said? You got this tiger. (laughs) Puffy with his. With his media badge, media badge swing. you got this tiger. I was, I was talking, I was talking to the guys in the in, in the band about this, and I said, I know a guy who said the tiger. You got this tiger. <laughs> and I, he, he looked at me and he winked and he said, "You know it." I'm no, he stopped and he said, "I didn't think I had, but now <laughs> because of you, Puffy, maybe I do." Thank you. Anyway, stranger, <laughs> I. Uh, I really want to be playing because it's just going to make the week. Now, it might over... I feel bad for the rest of the players and stories because it'll overshadow everything, but who cares? It'll be just an unbelievable story. And again, I think I said this when he came back from his injury. If he doesn't make the cut, if he shoots 78-77, who cares? The fact that he's back playing the Masters a year after what happened? He is not shoot Jimmy, he is going to do what he does, and he's going to win the thing. Wow. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. Even if he's in it Sunday, it's going to be spectacular. Oh, I can't wait. 
Yeah. So excited. Uh, anyway, sorry, we've spent too much time. We haven't even gotten to uh, all of uh, all of what stuff. What are you digging around in your shower for? We haven't we haven't mentioned the fact that Stoff's in his shower. Dude, I just stained sorry. my table. This is not good. Nicole, oh, let's go, go ahead, Lester. Lester, what, what do you got? What do you? What's I just I just wanted to mention one more thing that happened on the weekend, and unfortunately, it is sad news. But uh, as a musician, I got a, a shout out to uh, Foo Fighters and, and uh, acknowledge Taylor Hawkins' passing. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is the drummer for the Foo Fighters. Also played with Alanis uh, Morissette and Sash Jordan, two uh, very, very prominent Canadian artists here. So certainly strong connections to Canadian music and Canadian artists. And uh, it, you know what? I don't believe they 100% know the cause of death, but 50 years old is far too young. It is a classic rock and roll death on the road with the band in Bogota, Colombia. And uh, unfortunately, he was found, uh, passed away on Friday, last Friday. And it's, it's very sad. He uh, is very, very highly regarded. And uh, Dave Grohl, uh, the leader of the Foo Fighters, again, is going through this, losing another bandmate, uh, tragically. Uh, and uh, I just want I just want to acknowledge that, A, Taylor Hawkins was a fantastic artist and musician, and he will be missed. And I just wanted to shout out to his family and the Foo Fighters and all his fans around the world. Rest in peace. Well, well said, as always, uh, as we're doing this podcast, too, uh, just hours after uh, Eugene Melnick, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, uh, passed away. Uh, our condolences to his family as well. Obviously, an extremely complicated legacy. Uh, I'll say just a couple of quick things. Uh, one, as as unpopular as the man is, and you can't couch the fact that in Ottawa over the past few years, uh, an extremely unpopular owner, the first line of his bio uh and his obituary beyond his family is that he saved the senators, right? Like they were yeah. they were done uh, without him coming in and saving the team. I'll tell one quick story. Um, in one of the times he he got he said a lot of things that I thought were he did a, a radio interview in Toronto a couple of years back and said a bunch of things that were untrue. Basically, about all his popularity online, he said it was due to one 12-year-old kid or something like that who was spreading it, and which wasn't true. Uh, the unpopularity online was real. and I kind of called him out on a Senator's broadcast for his inaccuracies. And uh, then that was on like a Saturday afternoon, I think. And on a Monday, my phone rang, and it was uh, uh, Eugene Melnick. And we talked for, I think, almost two hours. Wow. And it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't a fun conversation for a lot of it because, you know, I care about the Senators being, being from Ottawa and a lot of my friends and family cheer for them. I know, Puffy, you say I'm a fan. I'm really and not. And but uh, I didn't like a lot of the things that he'd done. And so we kind of went at it pretty hard. And uh, I don't think he was used to getting criticism on a regional broadcast where there is, I guess, some unwritten code that you're supposed to be cushy-cushy with the team. But we've never taken it that way at TSN. But I will say this, uh, through the end of the conversation, uh, you know, he wasn't some raving, crazy lunatic like people thought he was, a Mr. Burns type character. He was very passionate. Like, I didn't agree with a lot of what he said, but he also made some valid points. And one of the things I remember him saying was that he, he felt like he could do nothing right. Like, no matter what he said, there was so much negativity towards him that he couldn't say anything or do anything positive without it getting spun negative. And I felt like that was true to an extent. And I actually told him, I said, the number one thing you should do is not do any interviews. It's just disappear and let the team be the team because of of the negativity. And he probably didn't like that either. But uh, I think he did that to a greater extent the last couple of years. Anyway, I just thought, uh, like I said, I... I 
I didn't like a lot of the stuff he did as an owner, but 62 is too young to die, leaving two daughters behind, and that's awful. And he did really want to win. I think that's the one thing I think people misunderstand in Ottawa. He did want to win, and he did save the team, and that should be what he's remembered for most. That's it. Now, one thing, James. So I, I don't really remember, but like in 07, when they went on that cup final run, yeah, he was a hero. Seven, right? What, like, was he? He was really well thought of, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. City, like, he was a guy. Like, if 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 you flashed him on the screen, which they probably did, like at the Cup final, that games three and four, there he would have gotten a standing ovation. It it didn't turn Puffy until really the outdoor game in 2017 when he did a That's, scrum afterwards yeah, I that one. and he taught and he threatened to move the team for the first time. Yeah, and and that's what really turned people off, and then. The Eric, the Eric Carlson situation, you know, Mark Stone, Daniel Alfredson, who's revered in Ottawa, and he had a breakup with him, and and he, you know, he treated a lot of people within the company not well who were were let go. Uh, again, not saying he treated everybody unwell. Uh, he just did some things. I remember he went after Ian Mendez uh, around that time. That was one of the things I went after him. I went after him for on air. Like Ian Mendez is about the most decent. Fairest guy in Ottawa, and he, tri- and, he, and, he, and he tried to get him fired, basically. So, uh, but anyway, so complicated guy, and I think in death, like there's a tendency sometimes to brush over the negative. I don't think you should do that, right? I think you should f- portray a fair picture of a guy. And like I said, deepest condolences to his family. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a, a flawed guy who did a lot for hockey in that town. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I think it should be noted as well that one of his last public acts was to make sure the Ukrainian national anthem was played. He was right. a proud Ukrainian as well. Bang on. And I think that is that is something that uh, it, this should be noted as well at this time. But again, rest in peace. And even Ian Mendez, by the way, who tried to fire at some point when Ian's daughter was going through something. Ian wrote about this on The Athletic, you know, sent a nice note and gifts to his daughter. And, you know, so everybody's humans are complicated. Nobody's all bad. Nobody's fantastic. I mean, with the exception of. This guy. Oh, yeah, Puffy. Um, but <laughs> all that. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, let's get to things that I saw on Twitter. Freaky pigs, strange chicks, world affairs, polar bears, fake news, nice shoes, big boobs, jack dudes, all of these things and more as I sat on the shitter. Things that I saw on Twitter. Alrighty, things that we saw on Twitter. We got a tweet from... Barstool Sports, and it's basically a March Madness bracket, but it's a March Madness bracket of the worst places to have to take a poop. This was very well done. Uh, so I just figured if we could all pick one we feel would beat any other one. Uh, so at me, I was leaning towards plane, but they also have your significant other's family house there, which if it's your That's first visit, wrong. and I, I've I've had a I've had that happen to a buddy of mine who went to meet his girlfriend's. Uh, parents for the first time and they had a bath they were over for dinner it was a small place they had a bathroom right beside the uh living room hold on right now hold on right now are you sure this isn't me and i've told this story on the podcast <laughs> no no it's my buddy rob so no okay <laughs> i think i remember so this goes, too from jimmy oh this happened to you jimmy so anyway my buddy goes he uses the washroom and he he said distinctively that there was they didn't even have you know like some people won't have the fan to turn on 
So oh. there wasn't even a fan, and his his thing was basically they heard everything. <laughs> that's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> so I, because I know his experience, I would say that's probably the absolute worst. So we've I think we've had this discussion before. I have a I have a little bit of hangups with the bathroom, yeah, and I to yeah. to this I don't like even in a stranger, like a you know you pull over at a road stop and there's six six stations and there's strangers. I don't like it, so I will always. I always flush as I am to, yeah, to drown out the noise. Mm-hmm. I, I, and to get rid of the evidence. Right, yeah. Flush early, uh, flush early, mm. drown out the noise, and less less smell. Um, at Brooksy's, very first time at Brooksy's was either Thanksgiving or Easter. I don't know which one. Same sort of deal. Not quite right next to the kitchen, but a bunk, small bungalow. They're all having dinner, and it's the extended family and everybody. Oh, it wasn't the it wasn't the sound or the smell. I plugged the toilet. Oh, oh no! And I had to walk out of the room. So obviously, I'm in there for a few minutes because I'm trying to figure out, yeah. you know, basically trying to Panic. plunge by hand. Oh. <laughs> and I finally, I finally, I didn't plunge by hand. I'm just kidding. What? I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. Oh my god! I didn't do that. But foot. desperate times. Foot. So I walk out, and they're like all turned towards me, like twelve people at the table, and they're like, "Everything okay?" And I like, "Yeah, I, uh, you guys got a plunger," <laughs> and that was one of the most humiliating moments of my life. James, welcome to the family. I'm sure. Yeah, Brooksy's dad was like, "I'm pretty sure I must have told this on the pod at some point." I, I think you have. Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. I just remember. I, this, this, I don't remember it, but of course, maybe I'm thinking of, maybe about a long cream poly. Because the same thing happens to Ben Stiller's character. He goes on a oh. date and he eats that spicy food, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it is the worst. Like, I think with a girlfriend, like a new girlfriend, a date, a, new hookup a family. A date, yeah. Yeah, that's, oh. that, that's the way to... Uh, it's, well, uh, that, they they yeah. have the beach as an option here. Oh, so I, I, I presume there. that you dig a hole. I hope or so. you go out to the or you go sea. to walk in the ocean. Well, I would say like a boat if you're on a boat trip or something, same sort of deal, right? Yeah, any yeah. porter potty or moving. Yeah, any like, bad plain bathrooms are terrible. I do remember once in camp, we went on a camping trip in grade twelve, uh, an outdoor like three day Algonquin Park trip, hardcore, and you know I there was no latrines, and I guess most people just held it in, but I can't do that. Jimmy's very regular, and yeah. so. I just remember it came upon me, the feeling, and I, I ran. I just kept running through the woods <laughs> until I, I came across like a kind of a little cliff and uh, a log on a cliff. And I just sort of, yeah, sat, kind of went off a cliff. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so I, when I was in Italy uh, with my school, uh, <laughs> we were driving through and we stopped at a one of those uh, bus stops, like whatever, I guess, service stations or whatever. And I had to use the washroom, like I had to go number two. So I run up there. There's a bit of a line. And it's my turn next. And as the stall opens, the guy comes out and there's no toilet. There's literally oh, two places I where know. you put your feet and a hole. Oh. Man, Europe, Europe is... Buddy, I held it. I'm like, I'm not yeah, doing this. Yeah, forget that. I'm my shoes. Like, this is awful. Yeah. Europe, Asia, they don't have the hang-ups we do with these oh, things. They just all man. do it in, in mass. It blew my mind, too. I was like, holy crap. Like <laughs> They expect me to do this? Like... And there was no toilets in the whole washroom. This was a good conversation, but uh, after last week, I know there were there were a few people. Uh, Dave Parker, a fine cameraman, sent us a note that he was uh, didn't yes. did not enjoy uh, 
uh, my vivid descriptions of my uh, my doctor's exam. So we're going to put a, uh, a ban on any butt talk for a few weeks here on the pod, okay? Two weeks in a row, Fair. ban on butt talk. Well, we, we will we will have some when we do listener mail because there was quite a bit of feedback. <laughs> oh, but. all right, okay. <laughs> uh, just just to, just to close the loop on that, have a looper. Uh, or are you the of hooper? Those places they posted, they, <laughs> of those places, uh, just because uh, it, it frequently happens, I have to go to the bathroom in a gas station washroom. That's just that's the worst for me. Uh, yeah, they I, are I, disgusting. You know. What about in the middle yeah. of an Elton Ron show with still seven songs left in the set? Ooh, you got to hold it or you got to pick a song, song where you're not soloing or something. You know? Yeah. I get, I, I get, of the people in the band, I'll say this, I can get away with most because sometimes I'm just playing percussion. They're not going to miss me if I have to go take care of business. You know? Interesting. Really? Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else you got there? What else you got there? Stop. <laughs> Let's get to one little thing we mentioned last Rubber week. Boots reacts. No. Rubber Boots reacts. Jimmy brought up yeah. syndication, yeah. but we weren't really sure how much money and how that whole thing oh, worked. Okay. So I did a little research, and I have some, uh, I have some amounts that people have made off syndic- syndication in the past years from big shows. So I'll just run through them and stop me if you want to discuss any of them, if you okay. find it odd. But on the lower end of the spectrum, we have Ted Danson. Cheers. Makes about okay. $5 million a year for the syndication there. Still. Is that like still? Uh, this was a pretty recent article from about two years yeah. ago, so so I'm gonna say yes. Cheers uh, is one of those shows that like I don't remember the last time I was able to watch yeah, it. Exactly. Like, I don't know where is it on. Where it's, it's been, been on, on forever. It's it doesn't really matter. I think who watches it is as long as it's being syndicated and played over. No, but that's what I mean. Like I like I would love to watch Cheers, but well, like I'll, I'll I don't even know that, where to find it. You know, our our competitors over at CHCH they run it. Uh, we they ran it pretty regularly at one point. I watched it during the pandemic at some point for sure. Oh, so, they yeah. had it on there. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Most of show. these shows are on some sort of daytime TV, like yeah. yes. running as reruns. Uh, Betty White, Golden Girls, eight million a year, so a bit more. Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, uh, Dr. Phil, and Ed O'Neill, Married with Children, all make about 10 mil a year off of syndication. That's unbelievable. So Ed O'Neill's got the Married with Children money, That's just and he's going to have the Modern Family money. Which yep. will probably be yep. a bigger amount. Like, wow. Although there's more people to be. split with, so I guess Double dipping on the syndication, that's amazing. It's pretty impressive. Wow. Uh, we got Frasier, thirteen million a year, and also uh, since I know Lester's a big Frasier fan, there's talks of a 2022 reboot. Not sure. I don't think you, they uh, should do it based on what yeah. I've heard. I, I think most shows shouldn't do it, but yeah, the financial uh, urge I'm sure is there. So, what was the uh, highest ticket? What was the highest ticket on there? Well, so far we got thirteen million with Frasier. Uh, the guy who played his brother, Niles Crane, in the series makes two and a half million. So uh-huh. there is differences between casts. Right. Uh, now we're yep. going to take it up a bit. Ray Romano, eighteen mil a year for Everybody Loves Raymond. Hmm. Did, yep. did did anyone watch that show? No, a few episodes. I, I, never, no. I don't I know anyone who watched that show. Mm-hmm. No, I've seen it. It's, it's like a it good was, show. It's well written. It was like always like number one the ratings and stuff, but I just didn't know anyone who watched yeah, it. I, mean, I you know I didn't watch it that much either. You guys must. I've seen more reruns than when one is online. Or oh in, yeah, in, yeah. In yeah I guess I don't know yeah. if I've seen it live, yeah. but I've definitely seen enough in reruns. Which uh, speaks Friends, to our conversation. The Friends yes. cast makes twenty million per year each, so that's wow. you know one hundred and twenty mil right there, and that's two percent of the show's annual income. So the show wow. is uh, wow. quite a bit of money. Wow! Yeah. Now we get to Jerry Seinfeld. 
$110 million a year from syndication. Unbelievable. I told you it was crazy. Yeah. That is nuts. And Larry David, I think, makes around the same amount off He's Seinfeld. right up there, yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah, those are is. necessarily their cuts as actors, but more so as the fact that they created right. the series. And uh, here's one that's really crazy when you put it next to that and all the other ones. Bob Saget, prior to his death, of course, only made $2,000 a year in syndication from Full House. And he also How? said in an interview that that's more than any of the other co-stars on the show made. So they made a mistake. A bad deal, bad they, agent, yeah, bad bad deals, or maybe back then. Uh, well, you'd think it was around the same time well, as Cheers and all that other stuff. What, so here's what yeah. I'm thinking: Full House, and I read up on this. It wasn't popular right at the beginning. It took a couple of years because before it came, became what it was. So what I'm thinking is maybe the network or whatnot went to the actors and had them sign those rights away somehow, and they figured this isn't going to be huge at any point. Yeah. Or did like did Full House never was n- never really popular in syndication? That that could be the other possibility, right? No, Full House I think is no. a pretty popular really? syndicated show. Yeah. Really. I think yeah. it'd be yeah. more popular yeah. in syndication more, almost than its original run. Yeah, um, like that. Yeah. People, Man, Dave, really poor poor Dave Chappelle, he's getting ripped off there. Brought <laughs> yeah, uh, it all together. That uncle. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And the last one I have here is uh, James Duthie from The Good, The Bad, and The Duthie. $1 yes. billion dollars per year. So yeah, that's about accurate. You work hard, it pays that's off. A, yeah. My, my Goon 2 uh, checks that I get for whenever it gets played on Crave or Netflix are pretty large. And by large, I mean I got $700 for that movie. <laughs> Total? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, Jay just... To ask me to be in the movie, I just said I don't need any money Ass. for it. I got that was at like I, the actor rate for like actor for one day. I didn't know at the time that I was going to be in like forty lines in the movie. I should have renegotiated that sucker. What a joke. Well, you know, you know, I, I know you got more, but just the, one of the most famous uh, cases of not doing a great syndication deal is Bob Denver, Gilligan's Island. Uh, really? That show, yeah, I mean, he they got reams. I mean, that show ran for years and years and still runs, but none of them at the time signed good deals. Right? So they got nothing. Wow. Less, a lot less than they should have. Oh, right. I forgot one Waimara story. Uh, staying at Waimara, I let you guys know was uh, uh, so this guy's in the pool next to me, and I'm like, he's got like a Canada hat on, but his face is really familiar. And I'm like, it can't be a hockey player. The season's on. And some, then some woman jumps into the pool and says, You're uh, the guy from Vikings. And I never watch Vikings, but his name is Alexander Ludwig. He's got a brother as well. And uh, they were also in. Well, he was in. Um, what was it called again? What's the What's the movie? Lone, he was in Lone, Suvi- Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. He was in Hunger uh, Games. Hunger Games. Yeah, he was one of. He was one of oh. the one of the what you call it in in Hunger Games. And uh, yeah, and he's Bad Boys. He said he was in too. I don't know if that was like the Will Smith Bad Boys or something else. He said he was in Bad Boys. He said. But uh, Vikings is a pretty popular show, and Bob McKenzie's favorite show. Bob McKenzie was very excited. I texted Bob, and I said, hey, I'm here with Alex Ludwig. And Bob was very, he was starstruck. He was, yeah. So, uh, you offer him a Bobby Margarita or anything like that? No, but we were talking about, we were talking about Vikings, like like shows that come out. Because remember, Vikings was on the History Channel. So when he yeah. when he gets cast in Vikings, he's like, "What the hell is this?" Right? Um, maybe get one year out of it. And Vikings became not quite Game of Thrones, but it became rather huge. And now I'm going to watch Vikings. I never watch Vikings. So, uh, very nice guy, by the way. Very down to earth Canadian guy working on a show in Atlanta that I've now forgotten the name of. Um, but couldn't have been nicer. 
Should, Alexander well, should, we visit, should we visit him on set when we're in Atlanta Saturday? I think we probably should. I think we should. That's about a syndication deal. Let's get to uh, listener mail. Rubber Boots Podcast. Listener mail. Listener mail. Thank you for listening. All right. First, uh, we do have some uh, couple people's opinions on our last episode. Uh, Neil Corey writes in, had the audio muted while looking for in my earbud and came into this conversation at fist deep. So that was a rude awakening, I'm sure. Roscoe says, on my way out, uh, on my out on my walk, and I got to the point of episode 10 where I had to grab my phone and see the name of this week's episode. Very disappointing. Uh, hashtag missed opportunity. So I'm not 100% sure what he's referring to there. Well, well, what was uh, the name the, of the episode? Uh, the Backyard. It was just The Backyard. Oh, I thought it was a pretty good name. That's a pretty well, good yeah, name. It was a, we may have had a couple of jokes about the uh, weeks prior, and obviously I thought it was appropriate. So, Roscoe, you tell us what the missed opportunity was, and uh, right. we'll get right on that. Right. David Carson says this was uh, gets his vote for his uh, best episode of all time. See? And, then, and you guys were criticizing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, take that, Dave Carson. Parker. You take that, Dave Parker, cameraman. Cobra said he couldn't handle all our ass talk. Mm. Uh, Stefan writes in, quoting, "Oh, you shoved your finger in the doctor. That broke me. Broke me good. My wife heard. I had to explain the whole thing. Thanks. You're welcome." <laughs> Uh, you ever have to explain something to your wife that's like funny amongst you and your friends, and it's just you know there's no chance she'll get it. All every so day, just look at you like you're oh, crazy. Yeah, every that, day. That's yeah. literally yeah. what Stefan went through. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no kidding. So we feel your pain, buddy. Uh, and a lot of people just uh, we had several tweets and messages on stuff that wanted a Roddy recap for that episode. So. Oh. Was yeah, there any? Was there right. anybody like uh, Bright Eye Dougie or something that said they'd never listen again after after the ass talk? Because I was concerned we might have lost a few people there. No, no one said that. Uh, oddly, I, uh, I'm happy to say that I was not part of that episode in any way. So that is true. Leave my ass out uh, of it. What you, what your ass no, missed out on was some pop tarts as uh, Jimmy inhaled them in front of us without bringing any. For the did you guys bring your childhood treats yet? Like, did you? Yeah, we just we've been crushing them this past hour. You oh. know this. Oh, we gotta do that next week. Next yeah. week on the pod, you guys have to bring your childhood treats. Next week we're in Augusta. I will say, Jared, uh, Jared was back and uh, he uh, he took the pop tarts back to Guelph for them, and I, nice. which was a good thing for me because I I would have taken all of them. So you're over being a problem by now. David Clarkson writes in, Jake, have you seen this flavor? And it's an Eagles flavored Pop-Tart, which is weird because Eagles, I mean, aren't Pop-Tarts a step above Eagles? Why would you want an Eagle flavored Pop-Tarts? That's interesting. Uh, I would rather have an Eggo than a Pop-Tart. I like Eagles oh, really? though. So does it have the maple syrup too tasty to it? Like so you get a maple syrup? I would syrup. imagine I would that's what's in the maple so. syrup. I would imagine so, yeah. I think it sounds delectable. I think I would, it sounds, that would be probably pretty sounds good. Sounds fantastic as a matter of fact. Okay, so next episode, well, I'm sure we'll try it live on the podcast. Uh, Cole, Cole William writes in, Jimmy, I will glad you back, back you up any day of the week that Pop-Tarts are best snacks around. I once dressed stuff as a Pop-Tart for Halloween. I have the box in my house at all times. Attaboy. Hashtag GBL. Hashtag Rubber Boot Man. So I believe Cole Williams is the Rubber Boot Man in the GBL. Amazing. That's mm. Nice. Will Murray writes in, the only thing from my childhood I remember but I can't have now is something called Cape Breton Brew. The company oh. went defunct sometime in the 1990s. It was a kind of pop delicious. So 
Hmm. Bring back Cape Breton Brew. Right. Uh, I looked up frozen Pop-Tarts because we discussed it last week, and a snack website, it was some sort of snack experts, wrote, just like Pop-Tart flavors, especially uh, specifically strawberry and cinnamon sugar, are meant to be toasted, there are some that are beckoned to be frozen. Chocolate and cream-based flavors taste like ice cream when chilled, and they're not as messy. So Okay. okay. There you have it. Freeze your Pop-Tarts. Interesting. Jake in London tweets in about Karate Kid. Um, he basically sends us a tweet from Ralph Macchio, who is who played, Ooh. I guess, uh, the Karate Kid. Daniel Sun. Uh, yes, and he has a book coming out calling whack, called Waxing On. Nice. Too bad he didn't name it Waxing Off. Good name. Uh, the Karate That's Puffy's Kid book. Me. Puffy's book's called Waxing Off. <laughs> <laughs> and the X is blurred. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think we're going to have Matthew on to promote the book because he probably hates me. Mm. Uh, nevertheless, uh, we'll try. Go get we'll the try. book if you're a we'll fan. We'll try. We'll sure. get him on. Yeah, uh, Will Murray takes a shot at Elon Musk. Worst uh, SNL he's ever seen. So obviously he does not have a lot of confidence in him fighting on behalf of Ukraine. And yeah. uh, people were tweeting in about the Ferrari in the TSN parking lot. Lots of uh, people were guessing that it was mine. And that's why you haven't heard about my car problems in a while. <laughs> it's very I good. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, we had uh, suggestions from drafts, uh, best sports songs, themes, albums, best curlers, best concerts. And then uh, Baz Watson, Watson writes in video game night draft just because I want to see Jimmy try to name four video games. Wow. I can do that. I was big. I would go Zaxxon, uh, Galaga, Galaga, yeah, Ga- Galaga, um, Zaxxon, Donkey Kong, yep. and uh, Frogger. Classic. Frogger. What, what is, what the is ones Zaxxon? I if I may ask. Zaxxon was one of the. I don't know. You landed a plane on a spaceshipy plane. It's thing. a space. It's a space game. Yeah, yeah. they had they had that that game at. Uh, at the uh, Blackburn Hamlet uh, Donut Shop, me and Mark Ward would kick ass down there, pick up a lot of girls, playing the playing oh, the Just on. slayed it, I'm sure. Just <laughs> knocking them down one by one. Oh, the old yeah. BDS, the Blackburn Donut Shop. Uh, you guys got to go soon, don't we? Do we have to do the Gold Bar League? Is anybody I, I, like I gotta that? Go right now. Immediate cutoff? Okay, Lester. Goodbye, Lester. We'll see you, uh, see you next week from Augusta National. Uh, Lester's got to okay. go to work. Uh, we'll, see you, Lester. Well, uh, as soon as Lester signs off here, I can uh, make fun of him for uh, for now being tied with me in uh, last place in the Gold Bar League, right? Or is it more? Should I be yeah, make I mean, made fun of me? I think because you're he, lucky. He, I think he you're skipped, lucky he's, he left. He, he skipped a week, and I'm still tied with him. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, probably more right. like it. All right, let's get uh, to the Gold Bar League. I love gold, and so do you. Do 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 do. Join the Gold Bar League and you can have some too. It's the Gold, the Gold Bar League. Come on and join the Gold, the Gold Bar League. That's safe, Dominic. All right. I mean, first and foremost, uh, well, Friendly Giant writes in, where can the full standings be found? I started late, so I'm nowhere near the top. And this used to be a problem for us all last year and part of this year, but no longer as our great friend of the podcast, Andrew Arsenal, has helped us set up goldbarleague.com. Come that on! Is that where you we got a, a website? Yeah. Wow. 
Hold on, are you just kidding me? Goldbarley. I literally sent you the link. Yeah, I never, I never, I never got. I don't get that far on your missive, man. That was like on page three. Oh my god, it's it's really here. Goldbarley.com. It should get. Uh, we should have like a a stripper run onto wow. the, run onto fields at major sporting events with goldbarley.com yes. on his ass. Yeah, yeah, a sneaker, yeah, for sure. We right, well, remember that guy? What was he had something like that written, right? Gold bar. Yeah, it's usually like uh, you know some sort of booking site. Uh, Gold barley. Anyway, uh, huge That's thanks amazing. to Andrew because oh. it is amazing. You have our different divisions there. You have everyone standing. You can see He's the best. The, the gold bars everyone's had each week. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of people listed in order, and also the. You can go to that site now and actually fill out every week's form there, as it will be oh, on the top perfect. on a Saturday morning. Oldbarleague.com. You Thank you, Andrew. You have everything. You're a good man, Thank Arsenal. You, Thank you, Andrew. You're a good man. That's awesome. Uh, and as a recap of this past week, we have the eight bar club, which is only one person win a perfect eight for eight gold bars. Wow. And that was Jimmy's Squirrels. So they might be out of your attic, but Jimmy's Squirrels are dominating. Hey, did I get my extra? Did I get my extra gold bar? I came on the YouTube thing no. a couple weeks ago. No, I was you, you on there. I'm on the YouTube. Nope. Yeah, I nope. I did. Jimmy. I actually did and made a comment. There you go. You're supposed to go in the chat. Yeah, I made a chat. Not make a comp. No, you didn't. You were not oh. in the chat. People were making fun of you because you left a comment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so I made a comment and That's... I had to go in the chat. Yeah, you yeah. join during the premiere. You join the chat. You say hello. Oh, I was like a lot of people. Not many people are making so, comments on here, so there's nobody here. But I guess everybody's in the chat. No. So what the people in the chat were saying was that you you were too good to come onto the actual chat and say hello to them. Hence, no. Uh, no, I came in the wrong place. Then I thought I was there. I was expecting. I, I commented and waiting for somebody to comment back, and nobody commented. So there's a chat. How do you click on the chat? Just there. You just, it's just there. Jimmy, you've been there before. Uh, I couldn't find it. Did you see my comment, though, where I said, hey, it's Jimmy. I'm only here for my gold bar? Yeah, yeah. And did you see me uh, reply with the uh, Rubber Boots account saying this is the wrong spot to post this? You've been eliminated? Oh, I was, uh, I was off oh. by then. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad. You literally just went on, wrote the comment, lost <laughs> I really wanted that gold bar. I was well, busy. It did. It didn't happen, and now you're tied with Lester. Uh, anyway, yeah, by the numbers, week four, uh, we as a collective averaged 3.77 gold bars. So okay. we are on our way up altogether. Uh, four people, one person went eight for eight, as I said. Four people went seven for eight, so also very good. Uh, you said who went eight for eight? You had you, you said that, you shout out to that person? Yeah, J Jimmy Squirrels. Oh, okay. So Jimmy Squirrels. squirrels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that happened like a minute ago in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a minute ago, literally a minute ago. <laughs> Jimmy I'll, I'll, rep I'll repeat it again after. Uh, uh, a couple uh, little observations here. Hating on the Leafs does not always uh, work. As seventy-seven percent of the people, the money was on the Panthers. Wow. Did not work out so well as the Leafs won on Sunday night. Twenty-three percent of the people got a gold bar through that. However, going with Canada, ninety-three percent against Jamaica. Obviously, we all got our gold bar there. Nice. And nice. congrats to the Boston Pride. Uh, for winning the title this weekend, and Damn that it. means only 22% of our contestants got three gold bars, as most of the money was on the six and on the whale. So yeah, Boston Pride just coming through for 22% of the people. Yeah, I had the let's six up, too. Let's update the standings that you can see at goldbarleague.com in the talent division. AK leads with 15 gold bars. 
I'm right behind him with 13, and then Lester and Duffy tied with 11. Lester may have participated in one last week. We don't know. <laughs> and then in the first first up division, Puffy leading the way with a strong 18. Carlo behind them with 12. 12. And Bob Weeks, 7. Matthew Cause, 6. Cause for a guy who hosts a gambling show and needs to step it up, but he did miss a yeah. couple of weeks, so we will, <laughs> we'll cut him some slack there. Most importantly, moving on to the Pro- prophylactic conference. So we have a tie with 18 at the beginning. Now, you guys know the Mar- the month of March is over, and the winner of March was supposed to advance automatically to the Platinum League. We have a two-way tie between Pharma Mag 1 and Will Murray, yeah. so I will email those gentlemen this week, and they will have a playoff to see. Oh, wow. Who advances to the Platinum League at the end. So wow. check your emails, boys, because uh, it's coming. And then uh, tie for third, we have three people, Max Garafoni, Han Solo, and... Andrew Arsenal, one of our definite favors, 17 gold bars, six people tied with 16 gold bars, another six with 15 goes from there. Hose so in there. much like the March winner will automatically qualify, so will the April winner. So if you haven't participated at all, it's not too late to join. If you can win the month of April, you'll be in. And also if you can get your totals back up to towards the top, the top eight contestants will make the final league. Uh, okay, let's get out of here. I got soccer to research. Um, have a wonderful I time. I got we'll soccer s- to watch, buddy. We'll see you from Augusta on the Rubber Boost well, podcast. Are they, plan- are they planned today? In four minutes. I will see you boys later. See you, boys. Hey, how are you? I got a question that I really want to ask you. So I'm gonna try and push my love Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? Are they purple, yellow, green, or black or white? Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? Do you like the dunk tank at the fair? Oh, I know I know it's a Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight?